Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Beers and Ears podcast, our penultimate episode of the year 2021. Can you believe it? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, this is this is crazy. Well, it's not but penultimate, meaning like second to last. Is that yes, what you I think that means? I think that's what penultimate means. <laughs> OK, fair enough. Yes, it is our second to last episode uh, of 2021. Man, Matt, we were just talking before the pod. Um, we've got all our episodes planned up now through our two year anniversary. Can you yeah. believe that? It's it's crazy. It's crazy that that we've been doing this for two years already. So I swear that's cool. Like I swear this time last year we were planning our hundredth episode, like right around this time. I think they almost coincided. Yeah, they really did. They really did. But yeah, uh, welcome in everybody. I'm Casey, and I'm Matt. Um, (laughs) I don't remember. I don't think you did. No, Uh, Uh, I'm I'm Matt. (laughs) In case you haven't figured it out yet, we are the host of the Beers and Ears podcast, and, and and we're really happy to have you. So this episode is. Um, uh, uh, an episode where we were going to kind of discuss decorating Disney and that that series that came out a couple years ago, or that that show that came out a couple years ago, and then just Disney decorations. We did a little bit of that on my WDW trip episode. So I, I texted Matt and like, "What are we supposed to be talking about tomorrow?" <laughs> or this was yesterday. We're supposed to be talking about today, and he's like, "Well, this." And I'm like, "How about we make it kind of more of a grab bag, just kind of a potpourri episode?" Because we really don't have a lot of structure going, so we're going to kind of be all over the place on this yeah, one a little yeah. bit. Matt's it's kind of a year-end wrap-up almost, like yeah, kind of bits of news, because, you know, we're going to take a, you know, next week is uh, Nutcracker in the Four Realms, yep. um, um, which uh, it may not seem like an exciting episode, but, um, about that one. but to us, it's very exciting because of many Disney Store-related reasons and Nutcracker reasons. Oh, so that, that dress, that dress that kept getting stolen. Oh, Do you remember oh. that? Yep, that dress, yep. that, year, that, that, that dress, it was this light-up dress, everyone, I think it was $150. People would come in and swipe it and steal it. We lost like four or five of those mm-hmm. uh, that year when that dress came out. I mean, that was a lot of money to lose. Yeah. To the point that our store manager, we were the closing manager, she'd say, there are five dresses. When I come in, there better be five dresses or a receipt for one that was sold. <laughs> it was really, it was, it was, it was crazy. Yeah. 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 So we'll, you know, that, so that's going to be a fun one. Um, but this is kind of, you know, we'll, and after that, we're taking a two week break. Um, you know, we're going to take um, just with how, you know, the holidays fall, you know, you've got the end of the year, you've got Christmas, you've got New Year's and a little, like- behi- a little behind the scenes here. We record our episodes typically on Saturdays and since Christmas day falls on a Saturday and so does New Year's day. Um, we'd like to be with our families on those days, so that's why you're not going to see those those episodes. But you are plugging in one of the discontinued on display episodes. Yeah, the it, one that you came on actually. Yes, so, the Beanie Babies one. Yeah, so uh, so we'll Which take a week off episode. and then uh, um, um, do the discontinued on display, and then we'll be back with uh, I believe Hawkeye is what we'll come Hawkeye back. Hawkeye is the first one back. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm actually three episodes into it right now and loving it. Oh my goodness. Good. Yeah, yeah I, you were skeptical at first. I, I was. You know what? It, 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 interestingly enough, and we'll obviously dive a lot more into this when we get back, but it focuses less on Hawkeye and more on Kate Bishop. Like it's yeah. a, definitely a lot more about her, and I'm I'm finding it. I'm I'm really interested to see who this uncle is because I have a theory who I think the uncle is, but I, I'm sure it's already known by the time this comes out. But I have a theory of who it is at three episodes in, but we'll we'll see. So okay, okay. Um, but yeah, so um, let's 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 get into it a little bit real quick before you get into your stuff. I, I have to say, so I dabbled a little bit um, into um, 
Facebook advertising. Facebook okay. advertising. Yes. So Facebook's been in the news a lot lately, as everyone probably knows. And and I dabbled a little bit because I wanted to try to see if we could get a little bit of a reach out there with the pod. Um, I created a Facebook page for us, not just a group. I created the Beers and Ears Facebook page. You and I are both admins of that now. But I dabbled. I said, all right, I wanted to see how far of a reach I could get an advertisement for the page. And the page, the advertisement that I put out there was just a quick, hey, here's who we are, you know, subscribe here, right? So 25 bucks, I did it for five days, $5 a day, I put $25 into this thing. I got like 8,000 people reached. I got four clicks. <laughs> I got four <laughs> clicks and I don't even know if you are listening from that advertisement, I would love to know if that was you, but I got four clicks out of it. Wow. Um, and this was after the first attempt at doing it, I got denied because our name has the word beer in it. I couldn't advertise anyone under the age of 21. <laughs> Even though we are like a totally fa- family friendly podcast, I'm like, okay, fine. We've got to change our name to Root Beers and Ears or something is what we're going to have to do here. Uh, or Butter Beers and Ears or something, copyright pending. Um, no, I just, I was just laughing. I'm like, all right, well, either I did it wrong or this is going to be a very costly endeavor. So it was a good test, but definitely not something I'm going to probably try again for a little while. So. Yeah. I mean, it, it's anything with growth is so hard, you know, um, you know, because the, you know, we've talked about this with Disney plus is that it, it's, and all these streaming services, like the, the market's saturated, it really um, is. where there, podcasts are yeah. totally saturated. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people creating content, doing things. So with that said, if you were listening to this episode, we appreciate you listening and uh, choosing this to be content that you consume. Um, <laughs> I met a lot of them when I was down there at the, at the momentum conference, I met a lot of podcasters. Lou obviously is the original Disney podcaster, but I met a lot of friends down there, people whose podcasts I subscribe to and will occasionally um latch on to uh, uh, one was Tim he he, he um, runs a podcast about grief and about you know he lost his wife unfortunately uh, to cancer um, a couple of years ago and this was all about how to grieve I met another podcast who applies the keys of Disney success to college ad- college admissions and, mm. and there's a whole host of them um, I, I the WDW opinion podcast with Connor I've been listening to his a little bit you know so like there's a lot of a lot of them out there you're right so again thank you for those of you who are are listening listeners of ours we appreciate you we really do yeah so. yeah so uh, i don't want to beat a dead horse but um <laughs> because we've been talking about this a lot on the pod but i do want to mention this just very quickly because um disney disney genie and disney genie plus and all the lightning and stuff rolled out at disneyland this past week we're recording this on the 12th it i think the 10th was when it rolled out and uh, it was earlier than that i want to say it was because the 10th would have been friday i think it rolled thursday oh thursday so it have been the i night. think thursday yeah you're yeah. right on that um, and holy cow, it could not have been worse. worse. <laughs> uh, but the big, the big thing that I saw, and you, you had mentioned this, uh, it, I don't remember which podcast it was, but you said, I wonder if Disney will artificially inflate yep. wait times yep. in order to sell Disney Genie. Yep. And, you know, I kind of just, to be fully honest, I kind of dismissed that as like a, I don't really think they will. I think, you know, people will just buy it and all this other stuff. Well, uh, what came out on those days was screenshots of the same time of just the regular wait times and then the wait times with the buy Disney Genie Plus or buy a Lightning Lane. 
and it was massively inflated. Like not by a little bit, by like, you know, the the one wait time is saying 35 minutes and this one's saying 75 minutes. Now, now in fairness, though, I, I, and I trust me, I'm, I, I've been very hard on Chappic and on this. In fairness, I don't necessarily know if that is evidence of them doing it purposely or of a much larger issue they had with the Amazon servers going down. True. Because there was there was a massive, massive data issue with Amazon servers that lasted for longer than twenty four hours. And apparently that's where Disney houses their 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 cloud based stuff. And as such their stuff went down and it wasn't just at Disneyland. It was Disney world too. Like at, yeah. at both parks were experiencing issues. It just so happened that it was at Disneyland on their launch day. And you know, it's bad when they decide to just pull the plug and say, no more. We're not, they, I don't know if you saw that. Well, they, they, they stopped selling and gave refunds. refunds yeah. That's when you know it's bad. On that day. You know, it's bad when that's the case. And then for the people who bought the individual lightning lanes, they were giving out the hard passes, handwritten hard passes wow. to be able to go to those attractions. Now, I think since then, it sounds like it's been sorted out a little bit. Okay. Um, but and this actually is a good point, Matt, in that I wanted to kind of also talk about that that documentary that I mentioned. Um, some of you may have heard of it called uh, – it's it's by Defunct Land, and it's all about the history of Fast Passes and the history of queuing at the Walt Disney Parks. This, this is a great segue into that. Uh, you said you've not seen it? I have not seen it. Um, I've seen lots of other Defunct Land videos. Um, I really like Defunct Land um, as a, you know – looking at past attractions and things, but it's on my list of things that I am, I'm wanting to watch. So what so, do you think? Oh my God. So I was sitting on my sofa here as I look to my sofa here on my right. Um, one night I'm like, I got a couple hours to kill. I'm going to like put, pull this up on YouTube. It's free. You don't have to find it anywhere, but on YouTube and the, the whole episode, the whole show is divided into like eight parts and it takes you through the history of lines at theme parks but more importantly it takes you through the science of lines at theme parks it it hashes out whether or not fast pass um uh really does make lines longer or shorter it hashes out what that so legacy fast pass fast pass plus it does not go into genie plus but it leaves you at the end where they could basically the, the hypothesis of disney could start charging for for fast passes this is makes sense for right when they when this came out right but what it ultimately the way he figured this out in the whole last half of the episode he actually paid a data engineer to construct an imaginary theme park called shapeland inside a computer that was that 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 basically um modeled what it would be like without right without fast pass what it would be like with paper fast passes and what it would be like with fast pass plus right and measured all the the logistical wait times based on those scenarios and and what he found was was that actually there is no correlation to on average wait times do not go up with fast pass hmm they do not go up with fast pass but what ends up happening is with fast pass pu- I wish I could surmise it a little bit better, but basically he's saying, he's like, the people who know how to play the system 
will always win out better with FastPass than those regular lay people who don't, which I think is a common sense thing, but he proves it with science. But then what's really interesting is at the end, he reveals that Shapeland is not just some made-up park. He strips it away and says, actually, this is Animal Kingdom. Oh. Uh-huh. And, and he's like, this is all based on Animal Kingdom data. And we're like, Whoa! I mean, I've, I spoiler alert. I'm sorry, but I think as you watch it, it's going to be really interesting to see with that mindset of wow, that makes total sense. Yeah. Well, it's it's. I mean, we've talked about it on this podcast where you can have a great time at Disney World with um with no like if you just if you just know and plan. Yes. Um, my parents just went down. They just got back um, about a week ago. They, they went down without you. I, they did. Well, they were down for other reasons <laughs> okay. um, and just decided, hey, we'll, you know, we like Disney. We'll stop in for a day. And they did not do any Disney Genie, no Disney Genie Plus, uh, you know, none of that. And now, granted, my parents are not going on the thrill ride. So, yeah. but they got on, they listed off all the stuff that they did. They did seven to eight attractions. Um, hilarious. Like, good, actually. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, again, like it, you're not talking. They didn't do like Space Mountain, Splash Mountain, Pirates of the Caribbean, like. But still, like to do seven to eight things. What time and did then, they get there? Did they say what time they got there? They got there at rope drop. So they so, got there at rope drop. So nine. And what so, time did they stay till? And they stayed until they saw the end of the fireworks. Okay, so, they so were they, there it was basically day. like a nine to eight. So they were there for eleven hours. Assuming those tickets were a uh, hundred fifty dollars a piece, which is on the high end. Um, did they go to Magic Kingdom? I'm assuming. Yeah, Magic Kingdom. Okay. $27 an hour for the two of them. That's, that's, that's value. And I, I, I don't see why people say that's not a good value. $27 an hour to, to, to be inside the magic kingdom, to be inside that atmosphere where literally there is a show every hour, whether it's a cavalcade or a parade or a castle show or a fireworks show, you can hop into Mickey's Philharmagic and catch a 20 minute show parasail of progress get some good food sit around people watch and if you wanted to wait a couple hours for you know online for for a, a few thrill rides then so be it but 27 dollars an hour that's not a bad value i just yeah. i don't you're yeah, gonna see so a hell would, of a lot more at a football game yeah yeah so it was is very eye-opening to me of that and and you just and you just said it you pointed it out that we don't feel like going to a sporting event or going to a broadway show we don't sneeze at that. Like shell out two hundred dollar tickets, it's fine. That's like three to four hours. Nate, Nate and I just went to this this show in Schaumburg over here called Let It Shine. It's a light show, a Christmas light show. Yeah. Weekdays it's thirty dollars a car. Weekends it's forty dollars a car. After you pay the whatever fee, the convenience fee, it, it cost me on the weekday forty bucks for the two of us to go to the show. That was twenty minutes this light show. Yeah. And I'm thinking about this and I'm putting it in the context of this was a 20 minute light show. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. But what could I have gotten for that $40 at Walt Disney world? Like, yeah. like I just so much more as I just, I, I know people are and again. I I'm one of them and, and, and Bob Chapek, you know, his nickname is Bob cheapskate. I get it, but there is still a lot of value to be found at Walt Disney World in that yeah. regard. And you don't have to, you can like, and the whole point of what you were trying to say is you don't have to buy into Genie Plus if you don't want to. And your parents are a proof. Eight well, rides in an 11 hour day, that's pretty good. And sometimes you get lucky, like they did. So they went on It's a Small World. Yep. Um, for the first, 
always has a de- there's not really a decent wait time on that anymore. If you catch yeah. it at the wrong time, midday is the wrong time to go on that ride. Yeah. Get it early in the morning for the first two hours or late evening, you got less than a 30 minute wait. Yeah, it's fine. So yeah. they get on it for the first two thirds of the ride. There's no music. Uh oh. So, Uh-oh. and that ride is scary with no music. Yes, I'll be honest. Is. Like, like it's just like dolls. <laughs> it's really. I realize scary. that nobody can see what I'm doing right now, but I'm moving without any music. Yes. Right now. Yeah. Yes. So very scary. It comes back on like as they're exiting like the ride. So what they ended up doing in order to comp people for the experience, they got a free fast pass. They just oh, like nice. They, they loaded it in to. Uh, to the app, and so they got to go on the Jingle Cruise. So they they did go on um, uh, the holiday version of Jungle Cruise, Which and that awesome. was at an eighty five minute wait that they didn't wait eighty five minutes for. And so that happens too. That sometimes you get on a ride and it breaks down, and they're just like, "Here's a fast pass, go for it," and you get lucky. And you know we've talked about it. You get there at rope drop, and you go to an attraction first, and then you can you can look at wait times and if you people know and underestimate have a plan, that it, it's better. Yeah, pe- yeah people underestimate that rope drop so much they really do if you're on property it's even better but even if you're not on property if you get there at rope drop if you choose to get there in half an hour to an hour before the, the, the gates open they will let you actually into the park they start opening those gates up an hour before you're just walking down main street, which is an attraction in itself, by exactly. the way, you can get your main street fix out of the way before the park even opens You can get your castle pictures out of the way before the park even opens. So by the time they open all the other lands up, go make a beeline for whatever attraction is most important to you at that point. Even if it's one of the ones that the, the resort guests have already gotten to you're still only going to be waiting between 30 and 45 minutes for that attraction so go do it if that's what you really want to do right and And i'm in and i'm in your camp that an hour and under is just in my mind that's just what you have to come into your disney vacation expecting that you're going to do some waiting sorry you're like you're going to a theme park you're going to wait in line for things And, and they have made it so much easier for you to wait in line these queues i had a chance to experience the peter pan queue for the first time i usually always fast pass peter pan have you sat through the peter Pan queue, the I have one. not because I always fast pass. <laughs> it was a hoot, man. You actually go through the through the Darling Children's uh, 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 the, their their nursery, and it's fully interactive. I had a lot of blast with the butterflies. If you actually stand very still, everyone thinks you're supposed to like go after these butterflies that are that are these shadows. If you stand still, they will land on your shoulder. You can put your hand out, and they will land on your hand. Oh, that's I, cool. It's so much fun with that, right? Tinkerbell, she makes an appearance and flies through the nursery a whole lot of times. What I was trying to say is, though, is Disney has made these cues interactive, playful. They've got the Play Disney app. You can download the Disney What's app or What's uh, or, uh, Heads Up um, a game if you're there with other people to play. I was watching people do that left and right. Honestly, uh, it, might, might I make a plug? You could download uh, some episodes of your favorite podcast. Yes, and yes. You, uh, you know, listen to that. Yes, uh, <laughs> history of particular rides while you're waiting for that ride, for sure, definitely. Anyway, the point is, your parents clearly had a good time, and whether or not you want to buy into the Genie Plus or not, if you buy into the Genie Plus you're going to get some extra value. But if you don't buy into the Genie Plus, you're still going to have an amazing vacation. Just slow the heck down and enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy it. Yeah. 
Well, let's uh, transition a little bit here into um, kind of what this episode, I, I guess, it, is the meat of it, I suppose. Um, <laughs> and that is the, you know, decorating Disney. And we're going to focus on holiday, but Disney decorates year round, yeah, um, you know, does really certain things. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I want to see it at Christmas time. I've never seen it at Christmas time. Of course, I've watched all the specials, but as as with anything, seeing it is different than seeing it on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it always amazes me how quickly they can get all of this stuff put up in the parks. Like, well, if you have watched, so there is this episode, there, there are two, there are two specials that Disney's produced. One was decorating Disney for the holidays. And then the following year was decorating Disney for Halloween. And if you've watched them, they were on ABC a couple years ago. They've transitioned to Disney Plus. I think they're on Hulu to some sometimes. I think they're on. I think the the, the decorating Disney is going to be on Freeform um, this weekend. I think I just saw an yeah. advertisement for it. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg hosts, and you've seen both of these, right? Yes, I have. Yeah. So Ryan, my brother called me the other day. He's like, or, or texted me the other day. He's like, just watching this decorating Disney thing. Oh my gosh, can't believe it. I'm like, yeah, it's 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 pretty amazing. And to your point, I had never experienced world or or any of the disney parks um for the holidays until i went down a couple weeks ago it is completely different when you get to see it in person these trees man are massive trees i mean 50 55 60 feet the magic kingdom one is just absolutely awesome and and they put it you know where roy disney and minnie mouse are at so they they move roy disney and minnie mouse off to the side and they put the tree right there they put the tree right there and there's the base of the tree is loaded with gifts. You can get pictures in front of the tree. Um, but what's what I find really awesome about all the trees, whether they're in the parks or in the resorts, is the way that they're themed. They're all themed a little bit differently based on where they're at. I, I think that's what is honestly most impressive to me. Outside of the parks, like because, you know, like it, it, the, the parks, in my mind, they have to decorate. You have to decorate the parks because that's your main attraction. That's where most people are. But the care that they put in to the resorts, because they could absolutely just slap a carbon copy, still beautiful looking tree in every resort, you know, Mm -hmm. hotel and say, great, that's awesome. But the fact that it's themed and there's other like other i don't want to say attraction but other decorations like i mean you you texted me the gingerbread houses yeah Yeah, house is is astounding did you see the um i posted up in the facebook group the gingerbread giraffe they made animal kingdom lodge yeah oh my god that wasn't up when i was there they was they recently completed it but oh my goodness um Something I I know you were not talking about the parks, but I want to go back to the parks for a second. So Animal Kingdom, so Dino Land USA, and we all know Dino Land, right? So Dino Land is meant to be the history of Dino Land. I don't know if you know this or not, but Dino Land is meant to resemble like one of those like off the road attractions when you're driving down Route 66, right? That's kind of what that's meant to be. The way they decorate Dino Land is exactly what you would expect one of the off the road attractions to look like. They use that 
that polyester, that, 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 that really cheap looking 1950s, 1960s decor nice. to decorate when I, cause I was going there to go to dinosaur and I'm in there and I'm like, this is really cool. In fact, I think I posted a couple pictures about it, the way they decorated it and the music they have has got that really like chintzy, like 1960s kind of chintzy Christmas music going. Right. You know? And I'm like, this is exactly what you would expect a place like this to be. And, and again, it's completely different from the rest of Animal Kingdom because the Animal Kingdom soundtrack outside the gates of Animal Kingdom was really awesome. I keep looking for it to pop up on YouTube. It hasn't yet. Um, versus the the Christmas music they use at the Magic Kingdom versus the Christmas music they use at Epcot versus the Christmas music they use at Disney Springs, which has got more of a jazzy feel to it, right? Um, like Google Duke Ellington Jingle Bells. You'll know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. The, the care and attention they go into the theming under the normal circumstances, they amp it up even more so w- with the Christmas decorations. I think what this reminds me is that, you know, we if you've listened to this podcast in the past six months, it's no secret that we have some criticisms of the Walt Disney Company. But it's stuff like this that proves that this is why Disney is just a step above, in my opinion. Yeah. That this is not stuff that they have to do. They could easily no. put the same soundtrack in all of the parks. And people would be like, oh, yeah, that's really, really cool. But the fact that each, not just each park, but each area of the park gets its own little twist and and little music twist and it, it, it gets it it gets it all and that 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 is just a step above in my opinion well to give you to give me more proof in the pudding there so again back at animal kingdom when you're walking to discovery island um i don't know if this is just a christmas thing they're doing right now i think it is just a christmas thing but they have got cast members out with these um puppets I don't even know how to describe them, but they're massive puppets that look like animals that they're controlling out just in the middle of the walkway that little kids can go up to and pet and they'll, they'll move a certain way. And there's birds that are flying and they're white and blue and light blue. They look like they're like Christmas puppets. Again, they don't have to do it, but Mm -hmm. they do it. They don't have to do it. Or again, at Disney Springs, I, I had mentioned this last time, Disney Springs, they have, I think they have like 30 Christmas trees all around Disney Springs, but they're all individually themed differently. They're not like the same standard Christmas trees like you would find at the mall. So there's a Cinderella one. And what's at the top? Sure enough, her glass slipper. There's a Frozen one. There's a Beauty and the Beast one. There's a Disney Plus one. There's, you know, all these different ones. And then if you go to guest services, you can pick up a map and do a Christmas tree hunt. Mm -hmm. Completely free at Disney Springs. You don't have to pay for it. Do a Christmas tree hunt. Put the stickers on it. Find the Christmas trees. It's way to spend two and a half hours in Disney Springs. You get hungry, grab something from Disney Springs. I had mentioned the artificial snow and the at, at seven thirty at night again Disney Springs again like you said we 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 are very critical hypercritical sometimes of the the nickel and diming that Disney does but I will say that nobody does it better than Disney if you look for those little moments of of magic. Um, there's just I mean, we we're going to talk about value some more. Is it's so much value? Yeah. That if you look at, okay, $27 an hour to spend all day at Magic Kingdom and you're getting all of this too. Now, I mean, you might not think that this is an attraction or this is something that is 
is cool. And in that case, then this may not be of value to you. But um, if all you're trying to do is go down there and ride the rides, you're never, ever, ever, ever going to see the value in Walt Disney World. Like, I don't think I've ever said that. I'm going to go on a little rant here for a second. Oh, boy. Walt Disney World. Walt Disney World is not just about the rides. It's not. And this is what separates the regular general Disney layperson who just goes down there and expects it to be a theme park versus those who truly appreciate what it was really intended to be. If all you're trying to do is go down there and ride the rides and that's all you want to do, you're never going to see the true value in it ever. You're, you're never going to the whole, you can go to Cedar point and ride the rides. You can go to Kings Island and ride the rides. You can go to six flags, great America and ride the rides. But I know what you're thinking. Well, those places, they're just not the same. Why aren't they the same? Why aren't they the same? If that's what you're saying in your head, they're just not the same. Then you truly understand what goes into making Walt Disney World what it is. Then appreciate it for what it is. I think sometimes we lose sight of that. I guess ask anyone their favorite Disney World or Disneyland memory. It probably does not have thing anything to do with a ride. No. Maybe like maybe it did. Maybe it's like, like I, mean, I conquered Space Mountain with my mom and dad after they were really you know something like that. But yeah, it's like not, one of my, I got to yeah yeah one of my earliest memories was uh, I was I think I was eleven and we went to Disney and I wanted to ride Splash Mountain that I was finally tall enough old enough the last time we went I was too young not you mm-hmm. know not going to do it and so like me and my dad planned to go on Splash Mountain I remember. I remember, you know, waiting in line for so long and it was really worth it. And I had a ton of fun on that ride. And so, I mean, I guess that's an exception to the rule, but it's my other great memories are meals that I've eaten there or a pop-up rainy day parade or a, uh, a, some fun character meet and greet or an interaction with, yeah, one of my favorite member. Yeah. One of my favorite memories. This is so silly. It's not even just one memory. It's a tradition that has continued every time Nate and I have gone to the park. The very first time we went to the park in 2010, you know, it was our first time, my first time down there, you know, it's, we, we brought ponchos with us. It rained. It was hot. It was steamy. It was sticky. We put our ponchos on. We decided to take a selfie in the rain with our ponchos on. Every time that we've been there since, we've managed to get caught in the rain at Magic Kingdom. We put our ponchos on and we take a selfie. We've got like four of these. It has nothing to do with rides. It has nothing really. We could be taking selfies in the rain anywhere. But it's it's a tradition. It's 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 what we're about. And and like you said, it, it the rides have very little to do with it. So again, if all you're doing is going down there. And and in thinking it's about riding as many rides as you can, I'm not a person who's going to rain on your parade. If that's what you want to do, that hey, if that's how you enjoy your Disney vacation, so be it. But don't tell me the value is not there. The value is a hundred percent there. But you have to slow down. You know, I, I I listened in and overheard so many other people around me, moms and dads. Come on, let's go. Let's go do this. Let's go do this. Why are you crying? Come on, grab his hand. Run, run, run. Like, I I get it. I was probably there once too. In fact, I I know I was there when I went with my my niece and nephew and my brother and and, and sister-in-law and my mom. So, you know, I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, but I guess being there as many times as I have at this point, you're going to get so much more enjoyment out if you just slow down. Yeah. Enjoy it for what it is. And just enjoy. You're on vacation. Enjoy yeah. yourself. 
Enjoy I, yourself. You know what's really funny? One of these days, I want to go down there and stay at a resort and not go to a park. Honestly, you could do like maybe hit up a water park is the only other only park. A water that you park, hit. water park, resort hop, Disney Springs, mini golf, Fantasia mini Gardens, golf, Fantasia Gardens, um, a carriage ride over at Port Orleans. Um, uh, hit the rest. I mean, so many, mo- most of the restaurants that are great are out of the resorts. So, like, it it could be a fun, relaxing vacation without going to the park. I mean, and honestly, what I've just described is basically a cruise. So I really should just do one of the Disney cruises. I think it's because I've been listening to some episodes on cruises at some of my other podcasts and uh, Mouse and Moore just did did one and I was listening to that and it's like, oh, I want to do a cruise. I actually, uh, I know there's a guy at my church right now, he volunteers at the youth ministry that he just got off the boat uh, oh, in, in the Walt Disney world. Uh, I don't remember which one he was on. Probably but, the magic. It sounds, because yeah. I think that's the one they've been running right now is the magic. Nate won't do a cruise with me. And it's like, I want to do a cruise so bad. I want to try. They're damn expensive, but yeah. I want to do a cruise. Yeah, so. they're, they're, they're expensive. But man, I look <laughs> at some of like all, they just unveiled the new boat. I know. And like, I, I'm looking at all this stuff going, man, this looks pretty cool. I have heard though that like Royal Caribbean or Carnival, they do a pretty good cruise too for like half the price. So, I mean, if like, if for like my first cruise, maybe that'd be one I'd want to try and, and, and go from there. There's a new one, uh, Virgin Cruises. Um, I just uh, had a review on and they do cruising like no other and it's really inexpensive and apparently it was a great cruise, great cruise experience. So okay. check them Interesting. out. I don't know. So I got to get a Interesting. Pass. I guess speaking of, speaking of hotels here, um, I, I, I want to touch on, this is now off of holiday, but the Galactic Star Cruiser and kind of, you know, you posted that article and kind of, yeah. I wanted to talk on the pod here of, of, it seems like people were not as impressed with the first look as, well, okay. They had that first look a few mo- a few weeks back, maybe even a month and a half back where they had the round table, they were talking about it. That did a lot to excite people. This preview that they did on the special, it felt out of place. I don't know who this kid actor was, this guy from the Goldbergs, but he was horrible. Like, oh, was oh, was he? Um, is he the guy that did the um, the naked mole rap uh, in uh, the Kim Possible live action? Was that? Him? Oh, I, I don't know. All I know is that he was absolutely horrible. And then the area they chose to bring. The, the Imagineer and this actor into was this long hallway. It was beige. It looked like the back door area of something. And here's the thing that really pissed me off about it. And it was the first thing that caught my eye. You could see the exit sign, like the earth exit sign in the background. Which like, legally they have to put I there. I totally get still. it. But if you're going to do a promo, pick an area that doesn't have an exit sign. Like it made no sense why that was there. Now, the part where he goes into the little cantina and, and this new character is unveiled, I kind of liked that. I did like that. But here's where my problem is at and where a lot of people – this is a $6,000 night for a family of four or two nights for a family of four. Two nights, two uh, three days. That's a lot of money. Right now, they have not proven that you're going to get your money's worth. They have not done it. They've not unveiled enough. They've not shown enough. I know this, this is going to sell out, but from what this is saying, a lot of people have started to cancel their reservations based on that look, so much so that Disney pulled it. They pulled the spot from their online uh, uh, online uh, marketing. 
Well, it, it okay. So let's take money out of the conversation right now. <laughs> if you're telling me, like, is this what Disney is promising me? A two-day, two-night experience where I am a part of a Star Wars story. So this is not a Star Wars-themed hotel. This is where I go in and there's, you know, droids about and there's some characters, but, you know, it's, it's still I'm grounded in this world. That's not what this is. I am walking in to my own Star Wars story. And from what I gather, depending on where I go, who I talk to, how much I choose to engage and do things and... I can uncover hidden plots. I can uh, run into a bounty hunter. I could, you know, either aid the rebels or, um, you know, possibly get captured by a Sith Lord. I don't know. But that's what they seem to be promising, that I can get into my Star Wars story. And don't get me wrong, yes, I get... I get to go on Batu, and so I get to experience the theme park as well, like uh, all that other stuff. And I'm sure there's going to be you know priority access to th- certain things. I get it, and I'm very okay with that. That sounds amazing. That also sounds incredibly, incredibly hard. Well, very, I very hard. Completely agree with you as you were saying that. I, I, yeah, I, and 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 i i've perfectly i'm 100% confident that disney can do it and have the resources to it but i'm i'm not convinced here that they are going to do it based on their recent track record and now it becomes let's bring money back into this equation if this if i'm paying you know if it's free or I'm paying what I would pay at a normal resort, or even like a little bit higher, fine, whatever, if I don't have a rock star experience. If I'm shelling out $6,000, this better be up to standard. Well, here's where my problem is at. So to what you were saying, you're not entirely sure Disney can pull it off. And, and that's where my my skepticism comes in a little bit. As somebody who has been... I, I, I've acted before, not not professionally. It was in high school, and and I get that. But I've acted before, and I've done like murder mystery whodunits, and I've been to murder mystery, you know, dinner theater kind of thing. That's a very controlled environment where you have a large number of actors and and staff and cast who are immersed for a short period of time uh, in a dinner theater environment, you know, three or four hours. If it's a murder mystery weekend, you have on hours and off hours. I remember going to one up in um, uh, Gaylord, Michigan. I wish I could remember the name of Marsh Ridge. I went to Marsh Ridge Resort uh, once and we had a, for twice actually, we did this two weekend, two years in a row with the, our thespian troupe. And it was a murder mystery weekend. And there were, there were, times where the actors were on as the characters and then there was also off times where if you saw these people they were just actors they weren't in character and you knew not to bother them with stuff right those are the rules that you set up what disney is promising is from the moment you step foot into your pod and ascend to the galactic the holocron if you will and you're there you are there for basically i want to say it's not even 48 hours i think it's like 42 hours of experiences is basically how long you're there in that period of time, you are interacting with casts who are supposed to be on at all time. The factor that murder mysteries and dinner theater and other um, 
other uh, ver- the other of these things that don't take into consideration is the unknown variable is how much the other guests will be in character as well. That's part of the problem you have here. That's the unknown variable. They keep saying that you can participate as much or as little as you want. Well, what if I want to participate at a full 100%, but you, who's a guest I don't know, wants to participate at a full 20%? And you're in your Mickey Mouse T-shirt and your sandals, and you're and you and you're paying for this experience, but you're not really getting into it. That's going to affect my experience, right? Yeah. Um, moreover, I know that you get this this park entry to Hollywood Studios. Moreover, really Galaxy's Edge, but again, you're going to be in Galaxy's Edge with park goers who just came from Toy Story Land or eating something from Woody's lunchbox. Like, how do you get that? earth element out of it because you really can't like it is it is almost impossible to get that earth element out of it and then my final skepticism here is okay take all that aside their past as you said their past performance is already proving to us that they give up after a couple years of this pandora was supposed to be this uber immersive world where you were truly on another planet Yet now, when you go to Pandora, there are very much elements of just basic Animal Kingdom immersed inside of Pandora. Galaxy's Edge was supposed to sell exclusive Galaxy merchandise that you could only get on Batuu. You were truly supposed to be entering Batuu. Yet now, you can find the stuff from Galaxy's Edge in the gift shop outside of Galaxy's Edge, right? And and what you're at now is, is Galaxy's Edge has become not you're on Batu, it's just become a themed land. And so those are elements that are part of the normal theme park experience. Over here now, I'm paying $6,000 for a family of four to get this experience. Am I truly going to get what I'm paying for? Because $3,000 a night is more than a deluxe VIP room at the Grand Floridian. I would honestly rather have a room with the grand floor. I now, would too. Now I, okay, I guess I should I should retract that statement. Let me let me let me put this caveat in here. Dear Disney, if you are listening, I love you. Uh, don't listen to the last of what I just said. If you would like to pay for me and Casey to come on uh, the Star Wars Galactic Cruiser uh, and and uh, prove us wrong, we would love that. Uh, and 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 I, I honestly would love to be proven wrong in this. I, I I hope that this opens and and it's people come off and go, this is the most wonderful experience I've ever had. Oh my goodness. Disney rocked it. And I, I, I hope that that is what it is. And I hope that I if that is the case, I do get to go and uh, be a part of that experience. It just is it is a not an impossible order. But that is really, really hard to well, and especially you're also okay. You have actors who are people who day in and day yeah. out are in character all the time. Holy cow! I I, I will never pay the six thousand dollar price point. Even if I was to find a reservation, I will not do it. I love Star Wars. I love the story. I will not do it. I, I will not do it. I, you know, you break that down among four adult friends. That's that's fifteen hundred dollars a piece for two nights, for for two nights and two and a half days, basically. I would rather take my share of that fifteen hundred dollars 
and spend five nights at a value resort for $200 a piece and then buy five, five days worth of theme park tickets, right? And then spend another $200 in food and have a five-day vacation at Walt Disney World. Much better bang for my buck, right? This is this is why I will be entering in all. I've already entered one of them. I will be. Entering I have all, to. Yeah, all contests. <laughs> yes. To win a trip to this place. <laughs> yes. I I, I. 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 You know, if again, if I can win a contest to go down there, I would. I would happily do it. Um, but I will not be one of the paying contributors. And frankly put, I don't know a whole lot of middle class families that will. Six thousand dollars. If you figure, I, I looked this up the other day. The average income in America right now, the average single family income, sing, single, single, not married, but single person is $58,000 a year. That's what the average is. So you're telling me you want to have someone spend 10% of their income. Average, I think, married income in this country is about $100,000. So you, again, want to have someone spend 6% of their annual income for two days. Well, and this does not count anything that you buy, like... Food, souvenirs, like it, it counts this is, food. No, no, food. Oh, oh, it does count food. Okay, so Foods souvenirs. Include, it's like quick service meals. Mm-hmm. It doesn't include souvenirs. Doesn't include the clothes that you buy or any. I'm assuming upgraded experiences, which I'm sure they've not discussed yet. I'm sure oh, there's got to be upgraded experiences beyond what you're going to get. I, it just seems like you're going to a very sci-fi themed, uber expensive sleepaway camp for two days. Is what it sounds like to me. You know, I, I just. Again, I hope they can prove me wrong. I, I really do. But, you know, this raises another question, which I think is a really good question. Are we on the outer edge, Matt, of what Imagineers and or creatives at other creative executives at other parks, are we on the outer edge of what they truly are capable of doing? Are, ha, has the expectation of the general public it hasn't begun to outweigh what is actually capable. And what I mean by this, and I'm going to let you answer, is that you know when, when Imagineers first started doing some of the stuff that they were doing with animatronics, things when Walt was around, these were things that people didn't even dream were possible. They just came and suddenly, oh my God, Abe Lincoln's talking to me. With VR, with augmented reality, with video games, with digital technologies, have we gotten to a point to where the public's imagination is greater than the Imagineer's capability? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, my gut answer, so just gut answer, we, I did not prepare for this question, would be, <laughs> is, is yes, that, you know, an open world video game, like think of op- the open world video games out there where, I mean, anything is possible. Yeah. And whereas a ride or an experience is very linear. Like essentially what this galactic star cruiser sound like it's, it's trying to be is an open world yeah. video game. Yeah. That's what it's trying to be. And and the fun part about all these open world things is you can do anything, 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 anything. And in the finite world, you have to prepare for certain experiences. So, I mean, unless you have an improv master, if I'm a cast member who's just standing around and some kid some kid or adult or whomever walks up to me and says, I'd like an experience. I'm not just going to pull an experience out my butt. I have to have something prepared. <laughs> there, there has to be some kind of resources that have put into this and, and something that has been planned or a place that I can take them. And so you, it's, I, I do think it has gotten to a point where just our expectations of what 
of what we're hoping for just are going to exceed it to a point where it, it, this just isn't possible. And and I want to say that's okay. Like, yeah, I, I think I, I want to okay say with that this. Disney is probably the victim of its own success here in yeah. a lot of ways. You know, they they have upped the game, and not just Disney. Universal Creative is 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 you know just as guilty of this and guilty in a good way, in that they have figured out a way to up the game for decades. They have figured out a way to create these experiences, but somewhere along the line, these experiences went from being a thing that you travel great distances to go to and enjoy to things that you can do in your own your own homes um and i think a lot some of this i think started to become real to me a few years back when when pokemon go came out originally and and disney world announced that there were going to be some exclusive pokemon that you could only catch inside of their parks and in my in my mind i'm like why in the world would you go to a disney park to be on your phone to catch this digital thing that is, doesn't mean anything in reality. But to that kid, to that person, to that player, that means a lot. And you know it's become a big part of the Disney Parks uh, 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 zeitgeist because with this Disney Genie, they've added augmented reality stops now inside the parks, right? So they know it's becoming a thing. I just wonder, though... You know, where the general public has gotten really smart, has gotten very creative, very imaginative, and and you literally have things that are um, sensory that provide sensory uh, elements to you in every aspect of your life now. That it makes me wonder if it is possible for Imagineers to keep up with with our imaginations at this point. But I will say, in defense of all of this, I think part of it is. They need to stop trying to create the experiences that are at that level of imagination. Because let's look at one of the most successful new rides, not in a Disney park, but the Velocicoaster. This is a thrill ride roller coaster. It is yeah. lightly themed, from what I gather, because um, yeah. it's a roller coaster. You can, there's only so so well you can theme something where you're going super fast. And everyone that I have heard that has gone on it says, this is wonderful. I love this ride. It's awesome. And it's a roller coaster. Well, I mean, Slinky Dog Dash is another yeah. example of that. It's not, I mean, it's heavily themed, but it's not VR. It's not AR. It's just a roller coaster. It's a kitty coaster. It's fun. It's, it's a fun a roller coaster. coaster. It's just a fun roller coaster. It's a very I, fun roller coaster. You know, and so I, I, I think yeah. some of they get back to, and even something like Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, like that. That oh, feels, runaway railway. Yeah, Mickey's Runaway Railway. Um, internationally, like something like Mystic Manor. I don't know if you ever watched a ride through that, but that ride looks awesome. And and I think there's some of just kind of stop trying to promise the moon to us. Yeah, it's the it's the classic age of under promise and over deliver rather than over promise and under deliver. Exactly. And I feel and like that, that's what's I, happening. I'm, wor- right I'm worried about that. I'm worried about that with like Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm worried about that. You know, Tron actually, I think, will be okay because we've seen it already. And yeah, Shanghai. we know what Tron's going to be. But but I agree with you. I think I think that live in the technology that's already built for a while. And and what I mean by that is, I don't need you to build a motion simulator. We've got plenty of those. Like motion simulators, they are what they are. You know, some of the most you know some of the most entertaining attractions that are out there are the ones that just they're just fun. Like forget about trying to be the, like the, the next 
you know, the next level experience and bring it back to just having a fun experience. I think sometimes that's, that's where I think we, we go astray, but it'll be interesting. I, 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 um, it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens as we move into this next, you know, five or 10 years and the projects that are already announced start to get finished. What does happen next? I mean, Epcot's going to look completely different here in a matter of a couple of years. And once Epcot's finished at that point, all four parks will be feeling pretty good right now, right now. What's the next park that's going to need something? Definitely not going to be Hollywood Studios. I think I see them going back over to Animal Kingdom and doing something with Dinoland or something like that. Yeah, I think Dinoland is probably the next obvious one, but uh, I don't know. They're going to have to do something to, to compete with Epic Universe. Yeah, they're going to have to do something. Um, <laughs> we'll see what Chapek has up his sleeve. You know what? I'm I'm very open to changing Josh, my... Josh tomorrow up his sleeve. Maybe Chapek will be gone. <laughs> I'm very open to changing my opinion. <laughs> so, um, la- last question. This is very quick. This is a question that I came up with in bed last night. Oh, boy. So, um, of... The place, you know, uh, so there's rides that have holiday overlays. So like Jingle Cruise and, you know, the Night Before Christmas one. What ride at Disney World or Disneyland, doesn't matter, do you want to have a holiday overlay? Ooh. Ooh, ooh, While you're thinking, I'm going to give mine. I would love a Toy Story Midway Mania holiday themed uh, like games. So it's all different and it's all holiday themed. That's, that's not really fun. that exciting, but that, like that's that's the one I could uh, come up with. But, huh? I'm trying to think. I think that one would take a little bit of programming. Obviously, they'd have to reprogram the games on that one. Um, I think that just some simple overlays that they could do. Um, Slinky Dog Dash could have a simple holiday overlay easily. You could just put some Christmas decorations up, and it would be it would be fun. Um, I'm thinking like at Magic Kingdom. Is there anything at Magic Kingdom that would be fun to have a holiday? Well, there to have that there. Um, like, there's this is an interesting question because I didn't I didn't come up with like obvious answers. No, Soren could be fun if you Ooh. were to fly to the North Pole. Yeah, or even that, just like Christmas around the world. Like, yeah, that, but yeah I think I think if they added a, just a, a, a North Pole element to it like santa's workshop or something yeah that yeah. that would be a lot of fun i could see that one i mean haunted pension doesn't really fit big thunder mountain could be fun like how do the miners celebrate christmas that could yeah. be a fun one splash mountain too i'd love That's to see true. a splash mountain splash mountain holiday overlay but you're right there's nothing that really lends itself too much toy story midway mania is probably the closest i would yep. say but I guess I'd love to see them try like some more simple things and maybe try something big one time and see if it works. And if it doesn't, you take it down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what, though? I think, I mean, they do something so simple with the Jingle Cruise that you could try that on Malt. And you see how 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 popular the Jungle Cruise is with that. Mm-hmm. So it clearly is something that people want. It's clearly a, a popular uh, request. So, yeah, that's a fun question. I like that. Yeah. That, if you have... If you have some uh, ideas, please let us know. Yeah. And uh, it is closing time. So, Casey, if they want to let us know of their ride that they think needs a holiday overlay, man, I'm just segueing it up today. Uh, you uh, are. How would uh, they do that? They can do that a number of ways. Find us on Facebook, Beers and Ears Podcast. 
Find us on Twitter and Instagram at BeersEars1928. And also email us at BeersEars1928 at gmail.com. We mentioned this last time. We are working on, well, I say working very loosely. We have a website that we're kind of sort of working on that's, that we're slowly taking shape, although we haven't touched it in two weeks, uh, that hopefully at some point we'll, we'll be out. At, at we have the jobs, end. people. Yes, we have jobs. <laughs> this is a hobby. Uh, something that we want to look at like at the beginning of next year that we'll be able to take you to that will have all of our, our episodes as well as Matt's um, uh, mistress podcast the uh discontinued on display um uh podcast episodes as well um which you'll get to hear the beanie baby episode which i was a guest on here in a couple weeks but uh yeah so that's how you get a hold of us um we would love you know please make sure you do uh subscribe if you're not already subscribing you know on um apple podcast stitcher google podcast spotify um, and if you've not rated and review us, please do. That helps others find the podcast as well. So, uh, Matt, let's go ahead and raise our glasses. My glass is empty at this point. It's, oh, yes. Um, I cleaned a, up all my glasses. Ooh, a Hulk glass. This is, this is the one from the Disney store a few years ago. Oh, so. nice. Yeah. So uh, this episode has been on us, ladies and gentlemen. We will see you again next week with the Nutcracker of the Four Rooms. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to a Sorcerer Network podcast.